good health is priceless. It's no wonder so many black people are suffering from high blood pressure. You people are killing yourselves, gobbling down fat back, ham, hogs, pigs, feet. You may not know it, but there's been a shortage of caviar in the ghetto. We buy what is cheapest. Now, you may be talking health, but in this neighborhood, you're talking survival. Welcome to the Hood Health Podcast, where we talk about the hood, health, and every point in between. Please welcome to another episode of Hood Health, the Hood Health Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, A Life Allah, on the East Coast, with my other host on the West Coast. You there? <laughs> hey, what's up, everybody? It's Kyra over here in Cali. Yeah, yeah. It's probably warm over there, isn't it? No, it's actually, it was cold, cold today. It's rainy. Oh, cold and rainy. What, it was like, cold is like, what, like 70 degrees? <laughs> no, it's like 61 <laughs> or something. <laughs> all right, all right. I'll give it to y'all. I'll give y'all that, you know, for today. <laughs> um, I just wanted to go right in. Because I know we have a lot to unpack for this episode um, in terms of, you know, um, dealing with basically sexual abuse, um, molestation, you know, rape, heavy, heavy topic and everything. Um, I just want to start off the whole podcast by saying, fuck R. Kelly, fuck R. Kelly, fuck R. Kelly. That's just from my heart. I just want to say that. I just want that to be on record. But um, when, when, when the... Um, the whole notion, the whole uh, documentary came out. Um, how did you take that in? How was that hitting you? I mean, I think, you know, <clears throat> I mean, you know, I, I I grew up on R. Kelly. I grew, you know, that's like the music, part of the music of, of me going to middle school and high school. And I do remember, you know, um, hearing about you know when him and Aaliyah and everybody was like oh man Aaliyah's too young for him and I remember all of that because yeah I was myself in high school around that time and then after that I just remember you know just hearing snippets here and there like that whole like pee video him peeing on a girl like that was hella crazy and that's when I knew I was like dang R. Kelly has issues like that's just crazy but but I never really knew until this documentary came out about all of like the the trials and the you know like just the the detailed um cases and how many young girls and young women you know have these this pattern of stories of interactions with him and it's um yeah it's it's you know as you can tell it's kind of hard to just put it into words you know all the emotions that come up come up with it right it, first of all it, it was it's crazy because it was a several episode series like they yeah. didn't even like they had too much for like one night you yeah. know and, and that just kind of you know was kind of blowing my mind see i mm-hmm. i was the same way like you know like i grew up with art kelly you know um grew up with Aaliyah. You know, it's it's definitely part of the soundtrack of, of different aspects of my life growing up. But what many people may not know also is that even though I grew up in Connecticut, I was born in Chicago. And um, 
Yeah, so like a whole big yeah, part Chicago of Chicago and Atlanta, where most of most of his uh, sexual misconducts and and abuse took place, Ex- apparently. Exactly, you know. So like a lot of my family's in Chicago, and they basically said they told me straight up that it was basically an open secret that everyone knew that you know he used to hang out in front of high schools, basically, you know, picking up young girls. You know, like this was known. You know, um, also, you know, when that tape came out, that was kind of for me, like, you know, I'm done with him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it's crazy yeah, because course. I didn't know that this documentary was was coming out. Um, but what I found surprising is that so many people were still like really heavily fucking with him like that. And I don't mean like, OK, like you hear an Art Kelly song, you let it play. I mean, people who were just like, you know, R. Kelly, you know, like, like riding for him. And that blew my mind. Yeah, I mean, I think in, in to put it in perspective in terms of like mental health, you know, and and the wellness like of our community psyche, so to speak. You know what I mean? I think the documentary, the docuseries did a really excellent job of examining that and trying to help people understand why some people would still you know be so ride or die with r kelly when it's like clearly evident that the dude has an issue you know and it's it's has crossed that line to just sex from sexual deviance to like straight up abuse you know what i mean when you're not letting girls um call their parents when you're not letting females go to the bathroom on their own and you're having them pee in a bucket in the corner of a room and and this has been like i mean it's that's just a disgusting level of like control you know and well you saw i don't know yeah like i was kind of losing my train of thought there but it does give a good job of like saying how like that's like you know things in a lot of like parents for example they justified still allowing their daughter to interact with him because the the, he was found not guilty because the legally you know in the courts he was acquitted or whatever it was but when there's still a pattern that's been documented over time it's like I don't know to me that's where I draw the line and it's you know one or two females might lie or do this but when it's like a a pattern over decades of your life and it's I don't know I just think it's too many it's too clear and you're right you know that's what they say it's like it's hard to separate that public persona from the private things you know that your your memories of certain you know weddings or parties or whatever certain parts of your life are so intertwined with a certain soundtrack and you know when that person is good sometimes at hiding their private persona with their public you know persona that's you know where the lines get blurred i don't know man it's crazy right it's crazy too because the the other one of the other levels about it is that it points to 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 of course larger issues which is mm-hmm. he's not able to do what he he does the same way that Trump is not able to do what he does without a huge body of enablers around him you right. know you know so so 
why this there's and, and rightfully so why there's this hyper focus on R. Kelly I'm also concerned with all those people around him that facilitated that and then yeah. also just the environment um, that kind of tones down you know some of uh, his actions meaning that there is definitely and I don't I don't want this to be misconstrued the wrong way by people um, but I, I have to kind of I have to kind of like put this out there there is a type of manufactured outrage that mm-hmm. happens when media now points this spotlight on R. Kelly like there's people now who I personally know who are like so outraged at R. Kelly and I'm like I was like, yo, son, yo, you knew he pissed on girls. Like, now you mad? Like, you knew this. You know what I'm saying? Like, now you mad? You know, so it's a part of, like, this this manufactured, which is, like, fanning the fires, which has a good, you know, side effect. You know, now there's more, um, some of the cases against him are being opened up and everything. But there's these other, what it, what it also, you know, makes us do sometimes is it makes us only like look like he's the only one with this issue. Whereas I grew up, you know, during the crack era. And, you know, in high school, you know, as many, many people will tell you, you know, there were a lot of, you know, girls who were being picked up by older men. You know, like some of the drug dealers and stuff, you know, um, that were definitely out of high school, you know, years you know um these kind of interactions sometimes happens around us that we kind of you know turn a blind eye i worked in a neighborhood in this one um project here um back in the day and what was crazy and this is just sick but the older men some of the older men they would go off the younger women because and this is like a not only a mental health issue because you know on one level they're able to manipulate um and control them in a way that they wouldn't necessarily be able to you know manipulate and control an older women but this other physical health aspect which is that they went after younger girls and i'm talking sometimes about extremely younger girls because of the notion that they were free of sexually transmitted diseases mm. So, like, there's all these levels and layers of things that's happening in our community sometimes that we don't speak about. And now, like, Art Kelly becomes, like, the poster boy now for it. But I, the only, the only byproduct of him being the poster boy that I want from it is that now we need to talk about these other issues. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it definitely opens up Pandora's box, you know what I mean? Because uh, it's a complex issue and it's something, you know, um, yeah, that happens in all cultures, unfortunately, you know, across the board, women from, you know, different cultures have unfortunately, you know, had to deal with molestation, rape, getting harassed. I mean, growing up in the mission district in the, you know, in the 80s 90s it it was that was one of the parts i hated the most about growing up in the hood that there was so many perverted old drunken men in front of bars catcalling females you know i mean that was 
part of the reason why I went through a tomboy phase as a teenager because I didn't want to bring any unnecessary attention towards me from these drunken older men or you know older dudes that would be by the high school like that was creepy to me like that was just you know that so yeah there's just so many levels of of what this issue brings up for our society as a whole and 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 the way that it it plays out in various cultures you know um it's a really deep issue and it's really sad that it it just causes all of this dysfunction in interpret between the interactions between men and women you know to be honest with you like it definitely altered my perception of relationships and males because from such a young age because my mom had been you know dealt with rape and molestation um in her family she had she had to extra prepare us you know so i remember being eight nine years old sitting at the kitchen table like my mom just like really laying it down like you know boys will say this this, and that you know be careful about this and that like just laying it on super thick and so i was always hyper aware as a little girl you know and and um but yeah it it uh it's so there's so many layers. I think we probably should take a break. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's take a break and we'll come back and I'll actually share, you know, um, a little aspect from my my childhood, you know, which is interesting to kind of like bridge some some areas here. All right, we'll be right back. we're back um as you can already tell you know we're working to unpack you know so many layers to you know sexual abuse you know which manifests itself in different ways like there's definitely the sexual abuse physical aspect of it but there's also really you know a heavy layer of mental abuse and um mental uh molding or conditioning yeah manipulation brainwashing yeah those sometimes are what linger the longest many times and another thing that I wanted to to bring up is in terms of the intersection are just I don't want to say the different types but the different manifestations that necessarily don't get talked about a lot in terms of of uh, sexual abuse, rape, which is there's the um, the older woman to the younger male mm-hmm. uh, type. There's the um, male on male rape. Um, yep. Whether it be the same, be both be you know um, older or or the the one be like you know in terms of pedophile age. And there's also woman-to-woman rape, which probably never gets talked about, you know. Um, 
but all these, you know, they're very, very similar in terms of um, this type of uh, manipulation that happens. And sadly, many times, many of our institutions that are out there harbor these kind of predators. So it's, it's no, it's no mystery that in the entertainment industry or in Hollywood, you have all these tales in terms of dealing with pedophilia um, and abuse and kind of thing, because, you know, those kind of realms, they're, they're grimy, you you know, when you get into some of these upper echelons, you know, in terms of, you know, if you want to make it to the next level, you got to do X, Y, and Z, you know, and the same thing, talking a little bit, just reflecting on my childhood, um, I almost got caught up in a, a situation of, of uh, sexual abuse by a teacher in middle school. Um, yeah, it's crazy in terms of this is like a breaking news freaking exclusive in that I've probably never, ever, 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 ever spoken about it before. Um, yeah. Um, and so I got to kind of find the words to kind of put it together. But basically, we had a computer class in my school. And um, at the time, we were getting like the new hot computer games and everything. This is, you know, back in the day. So it ain't, I know, hot to people nowadays. You know, if you probably could see what was hot to me back then, you're like, yo, really? You know, but it was hot. Um, there was this one game that I wanted to play. It was like a chess game. It was a computer chess game. But it was also like a combat game. So like you would move the chess piece, but the chess piece would also like battle the other piece, you know. So I was really amped. I wanted to play this game, but the teacher wasn't allowing like the game to be played during class. You know, older white man. And mm. you know, so he basically said, you know, you I could come off the class and play it. Yo, I'm amped. You know, I'm in sixth grade, you know. I call them all, you know, I'm staying in school, computer, da-da-da-da-da. Um, I'm thinking that there's going to be other children there. Yeah, of course. Nah, ain't not a, not a soul there. Wow. And, yeah, so he sets up the computer, you know, the game is on. I'm still, at this point, you know, little spotty sense is starting to tingle, but this game, yeah. this game is like, you know, it's the only chance that I'm going to ever get to play this game because yeah. my house doesn't have a computer like this. We ain't never, we ain't got money right. to buy a computer like this. Um, right. This kind of game is not the kind of game that's in an arcade. You know, this is like a strictly computer game. Um, and I start to play the game, and then I notice that he's behind me, and he started like massaging my shoulders. Whoa. Yeah, at that point I broke out. I broke north. I was good. I mean, I, uh, so what did you do like the next day, or did you like? I, I don't I, know how did he act the next day or from that point fun- forward. He kind of act kind of funny. I was kind of like I was shook, you know. Like I told you, like this is the first time I talked about it. I never told nobody, you know. I didn't tell any teachers. I never told my parents, you know. Um, but I knew what was going on. And the reason I knew what was going on was because an episode of Different Strokes. 
from back in the day. Wow. Different, different Strokes had an episode that dealt with um, molestation. Mm. Um, and there was an episode where uh, the two young kids in the, in the show, though, well, well um, I can't remember his names right now, but it was him and his friend and they were at this white dude's house and he's like, oh, I got some you know, I guess he was like a toy store owner. He's like, I got some other cartoons for you to watch. And he put on some risque cartoons. And Arnold, Arnold bounced. He's like, I ain't staying. But he left his friend. And the guy ended up touching his friend and everything. And to this day, I honestly think it's only because not only because, but because of that episode, that kind of put that was kind of my first exposure to like, yo, this this stuff is out there. Um, but little did I know that it was that prevalent out there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, that is one of the, um, I'm not going to say pros, but obviously with the way that media is nowadays, social media and you know, all of um, that we are reaching more equity in terms of male-female relationships. A lot of females obviously have come out, you know, and and um, exposed some of the things that they have been through because in the past, we just, women didn't have that power. Women weren't going to be able to do anything about it, even if we did say anything about it. And still to this day, it's kind of, that's part of the you know, what we're still dealing with is that, yeah, we may have a voice now, we may have more power, but it's still really hard to really um, bring justice to some of these situations. And part of that is because of this even deeper mental, emotional um, dynamic, you know, that sometimes it's, the lines are really blurred, you know? I mean, I myself, you know, was in a situation one time with a with an ex-boyfriend um and you know pretty much was sexually assaulted but because you know he was somebody I loved because part of me did want him you know but even though I verbally said no multiple times um you know it's just it's it's that's I think the way that this issue can teach us a lot about ourselves and each other is that you know communication is more than just um verbal you know there's there's so much in body language and being observant about how people are you know communicating and and we have to be respectful about what everybody you know feels is their their boundaries because what what may be a boundary for one person is not a boundary for another. And and those boundaries can change depending on that mental state, the state of that being of that person, you know? And that's why in a lot of these cases, you know, these women are being drugged or, um, you know, or whatever the case may be. A lot of it, that's part of where the guilt and the shame comes in because you know, we we as females did put ourselves in a situation where we were out getting drunk or getting high or whatever the case, right? So this is where all those complexities come in because it's not so cut and dry sometimes. And um, it's that's what makes life really hard. I feel like, you know, it's, there's, 
there's so many complexities right I, I i think that's i think you hit it right on the nail like for a case you know and, and you know like i said the, the show isn't about him but it's, it's good to use it as a reference point for for a case like art kelly you know it's pretty much cut and dry you know with all the evidence that has been piled up against him but like you said like in many of the cases that we find ourselves in it's not cut and dry it, it you know a lot of things are blurry um and because of that fuzzy area you know and like you said like feelings of shame and, and, and resentment and, and 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 blaming oneself not only blaming oneself but then not wanting to reveal it because your community would blame you for it for it mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying exactly. Exactly. you know like, there's no there's no scenario you know where you know in in our minds many times it comes out good and this is why many times i think in terms of kind of segue into some some solutions i think this is also a commitment of community that we have to that we need to step up on one thing i think we need to do as communities more is we need to make safe spaces where people can speak of their experiences without fear of retribution of shame and those kind of things like just let them talk and get it out um and then also we got to call people on shit you know, you know, like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm definitely. <laughs> you know, growing up as a male, like, yeah, I've been around dudes who did questionable shit, and there were times I didn't say shit. You know, um, and that needs to that needs to stop, and it doesn't need to stop in terms of just like, oh, I got a daughter now, man. Whether you have a daughter or not, the, the behavior and the actions is not acceptable. Yeah, you know. Yep. Yep. And um, and I think that this is the part that we can call more community, you know, into it. Also, we need to revisit, you know, our quote unquote heroes, you know, um, meaning, you know, because of uh, Art Kelly, like, you know, a lot of people are like saying like, yo, you need to separate the man from his music. Yo, there's some there's some things with him now. I can't because in my mind now, that love song that he's singing. He's singing to like an underage, you know, girl. That's who. That's who that song was made for. That song was yeah, made. I, can't, I honestly can't listen to any R. Kelly song now, even though you know, like you know, there's been moments, you know, since finding all of this stuff out, I'll be listening to a playlist in my car, and his song will come up, and I'll, I'll have to just delete it. I'll straight up just delete it, so I don't won't even come up in my playlist anymore because it's just. I mean, when you when you have gotten to that point and there, you know, like there was people, uh, former employees or friends of his that were interviewed in the docuseries that say that he basically admitted to them that came to them was like, dude, what am I doing? Like, you know, this is getting out of control, blah, blah, blah. So it's like if you have somebody that's coming to you, that's saying that to you, then you need to help help that person find help because that they're crying for help and i don't understand why that that person just what what do they do then decades later you're just here sitting on an interview like okay what did you do in that moment to try to get this person help because that's i mean if that's not an you know uh admitting i don't know what i don't know what is you know and 
I mean, I don't know. It, it, that's the other part, though. It's like, it, it, it's like you know, all these guys in NFL who, um, you know, have beat their wives and then they still get to play in the NFL. But okay, come on now. Like, you can't just entirely blame those men because the NFL as an industry glorifies that type of aggressiveness on the playing field so how are you gonna you know ask human beings who are not robots to just compartmentalize themselves and then oh, okay they're gonna turn off this aggressive response in other all areas of their life except when you're on the playing field right Right. Same thing with this entertainment. I mean, our entertainment glorifies violence and sex, and that's gonna have an impact on people's psyche. Right, right. And where we place it in terms of our values, you know, as a society. So, like, literally, so someone like Art Kelly or someone like like an NFL player who violates his wife, you know, it's seen as a wrong decision made in the moment. It's not seen as a systemic issue that mm-hmm. the person really, really might be a sociopath. You know, it's not mm-hmm. seen like that. You know, so like like you said, like the NFL, like there's no penalty for these dudes at half the time when they abuse their wife. But, you know, like, you know, O'Collin, Neil, oh, we got to take him out. You know, like that's the worst thing ever. You know, and then it also has something to say in terms of where our values are in terms of women or just in terms of, you know, people who are abused, you know, and there's all these color, women of color and women, you know, from that are struggling, you know, like a lot of how many, you know, like uh, this one, I don't know. Yeah. It's just a lot of, a lot of these issues wouldn't have um, been allowed to have been an issue if it was, you know, white women, if it was rich, rich women. So yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of layers, a lot of layers to these issues. One place that we don't even really talk about is all the abuse that is happening at the border. Mm-hmm. You know it's exactly. happening at the border. I mean, there's children in cages. Let's just like we we could just put that as you know the face but how many women are crossing this border and the same kind of person that will strip a child from its parents and put a child in its cage I have no doubt in my mind that they are the same kind of person who will say you could cross this border if you do x y and z I have no doubt in my mind you know that that happens there another flip thing that doesn't get talked about also um I don't know if you've seen this picture, but like, so like white, young, young, I mean, like in their 20s, um, women teachers having sex with their black and brown male students. Well, let me take that back. Not having sex because it's statutory rape. It's rape, you know, um, and that and, and look, even me knowing that it slipped it slipped that they were just they were having sex you know and that's because i grew up in a generation where you know if you had you know a hot teacher quote unquote you know if you if if you could have sex with the hot teacher like that was like something to aspire to you know we had songs like hot for teacher and all this kind of stuff movies that you know um i forgot the movie in the 70s there was a movie you know 
one of those famous actors, but you know, having sex with your teacher and everything. But like literally there's like been over like 35, between 35 and 50 cases of literally only white women teachers raping these black and brown boys. And once again, you know, in all these dynamics, you're, you have an issue of power. So you have a, a, an issue of authority, you know? So whether you talk about a teacher, whether you talk about at the border, whether you're talking about someone in the entertainment industry who isolates somebody and you're depending I mean, on that. I mean, you want to, I mean, historically in war and colonization, rape was one of the main tools, you know what I mean? Right. Like it's, it's, it's just reached such a mutated, twisted, you know, level in all of our communities now. And it's really sad. It's tragic. It's tragic. It's, it's tragedy, you know, right. but it, it blew my mind when I, you know, in, in college watching these different documentaries about how, um, how much women were raped in during war and colonization, you know, right. I mean, to, to find out, you know, that, you know, me as a Latina woman, you know, I have African indigenous and Spaniard blood running through my veins. I, I am a, I am a ethnicity that wouldn't even, even exist had it not been for colonization and rape. You know, right. what, what are Latinos? That's why there's such a spectrum of, you know, dark skin, light skin Latinos, because depending on the region of what Europeans raped, what indigenous and African culture to create, then that spectrum, <laughs> you know, right. it's, it's a pretty intense thing to realize. And right. I remember that moment where I was like, hmm, that's crazy. Right. <laughs> And that's I'm a product of colonization and rape amongst various cultures. Right. And that's that's key. You know, like that's something that when people want to talk, I want to say talk about colonization light. You know what I'm saying? Like they just want to like brush on it. They don't mention those things. But I always tell people, you know, like I have a freaking European last name, you know, because of slavery, because of rape, because of genocide, these are, are and even when quote unquote colonization ended, you know, in terms of the, the, the big push of colonization when in the modern era, you know, these things are still byproducts of, you know, um, colonization. So power dynamics, um, dysfunctions within our own communities, you know, which lends us, you know, also many of us to become predators also because of these these historical dynamics. Um, yeah. They're all, all, all connected and everything. Um, so that's, that's, yeah. that's a heavy, that's a heavy yeah, and I know I know we're running, getting close to running out of time here, but I do also just want to bring it back to you know, the silver lining, right? What is the positive amongst all this tragedy, you know? And, and for me, I think the one thing that um, that I see a positive coming out of all of this is that we are becoming more aware that you can't just blame one person or thing or factor. It's, it's very much like that saying, you know, it takes a village to raise a child. And it really, it really is on all of us on how 
we hold ourselves accountable, each other accountable, how we support and love each other so that not one of us feels unloved to the point where they have to, you know, fall into the arms of a predator or not one of us feels so poor that they want to do anything to reach fame or, you know, all of these things. It's like we really just need to come back to living in a in a more sustainable way with our environment and really just what are the real you know simple pleasures in life it's not making money and having hella sex I mean those things are nice don't get me wrong but you know at what cost at what balance like if something is taking over your life like to me that's always been a question too like there's many bad habits I've had to break and some of those you know, involved um, substances and alcohol and things like that. And one of the hard questions that I had to ask myself was like, well, how often am I doing it in my life? And is it taking control over, you know, my life in a certain way that's just starting to have bad consequences? And once it starts to, once it has, starts to have a bad consequence on your mental health, emotional health, physical health, then that's where you really need to take a hard look at your habits. Right, right, right. Um, Damn, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just absorbing what you, you know, just everything that you're saying in terms of, you know, it really, really does go back to, like you said, really having a functional village, you know, and I think in the last 20 or so years with like hypergentrification, um, and I know, especially in the Bay, you see that, you know, especially like in San Francisco, um, like the hypergentrification, like communities and neighborhoods have been destroyed you know and it's really important to have a strong community and a community basically like you said looks out for each other you communicate you know each other you fulfill roles that if a particular family you know doesn't have something in some particular area they're not at loss because the community can get in there and fulfill that and I think that like you said, if, when we really bring back the full functional village and play our roles, then we'll realize, you know what I'm saying? Like, we won't let children be unattended with strangers. You know, mm-hmm. we won't allow them to be placed in certain situations where they will feel unloved or unfulfilled. Um, yeah. Everything will be supervised to a degree, not in terms of, you know, in terms of like some surveillance states type supervision but just the natural supervision that comes from in terms of when I grew up in my hood you know I wasn't going to do anything because my neighbor across the street if they saw me doing it they're going to tell my mom you know what I'm saying like that kind of like base level I think has been lost a lot because the neighborhoods and communities that we grew up in are being destroyed you know what I'm saying like People move around a lot more than they did. Um, like I said, hypergentrification, you know, people are pushed out. And when we get back to that, you know, I think that that plays a, a big hand in everything. And it is the security. Like, we need to provide our own security, basically. Um, yep. And see the value in that, providing our own security. So, like you said, the first part is communication. The, 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 the silver lining is, okay, this is on Front Street now. We're going to talk about this now. You know what I'm saying? And we're going to 
not only talk about it, we're going to put some things, you know, on the table like, okay, we're going to do this now. We're going to do this now. We're going to do this now. Like I said, personally for me now, you know, I, 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 I realize that I got to call out those around me. You know what I'm saying? I'm reviewing lyrics now like crazy. I grew up in, you know, it's crazy to look back at some of the music that I grew up on. Not just R. Kelly, but hip hop music too. That was hella freaking, you know, rapey. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? I was listening to BBD yeah. the other day, yo, with, uh, yeah. you know, Do Me Baby. And, and, and there's a line in there like, underage, adolescent. I'm like, huh, what? He said, what? You know, and I'm like, oh, um, but yeah, I'm, 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 I'm absorbing all that now and just putting it in its proper context and everything. You know, before we get on that whole kick of like blaming the the modern music of of the youth for the state quote unquote that we see that they're in, we need to check ourselves for the music that we grew up on. Some of that stuff was, yeah, it was over the yeah, line. I mean- no, and the and the conditions, right? I mean, I think that's that, that was one of the most powerful things about Tupac and why he's like just my favorite of all time because, you know, that was one of his things is that he recognized his contradictions and, you know, he wasn't trying to make excuses for him, but at the same time, he was like, but wait a minute, you can't blame me. I was born in this world. I didn't make it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you're you're looking at the things that I, the conditions I grew up in and I'm asking you to help them and you're not doing anything and then you wonder why these people turn to certain you know lifestyles in order to survive come on now like you you can't just ignore what we've grown up in and yeah yeah we're dysfunctional yeah we have this this and that issues and yeah we're trying to heal ourselves but that doesn't happen overnight especially when you're talking about you know centuries centuries of different levels of oppression so you know it's it didn't happen overnight it's it's not going to heal overnight and we just have to try to keep that balance in our lives as we try to like heal but yeah we got to recognize and be patient with ourselves because we're still gonna make mistakes we're human beings and we have our issues you know and it's just about learning to not um yeah to just to manage manage the way that we respond to try to get ourselves to not you know deal with a, a certain situation that we know will trigger us in negative ways well let's take a break and you know as the our rough draft episode we've made knowledge born that you are a poetess. <laughs> so when we come back, you know, we're going to get blessed with a poem real quick. We're going to close out this segment, this, this particular yeah. podcast episode, right? So, you know, come right back. All right. Peace. Right now. We're back 
and we bring this episode to a close soon but we wanted to bless y'all first with this poem that my co-host is gonna drop on y'all you ready Yes, yes, right on. This um, poem is called Tragedy. And it's a poem about a real life incident that happened to me. Um, So here it goes. Hand underneath her shirt, buttons begin to become undone. Young man believing he has the green light because it's late into the night. A pretty girl lays on his couch. So he assumes she wants his touch. Plus, both minds are intoxicated. Her story is, yeah, she's faded, but she just wants to sleep. Halfway to dreamland, and she feels his hand. His kisses invade, but her drunken mind hasn't processed it yet. At one point, kisses back, because her hazy mind shifts his identity into someone she actually wants. But then it gets more wrong as he races to unbutton buttons and unzip zippers. And she remembers his whispers urging her to his room. How she told him more than twice that she just wants to sleep. Turned her back, closed her eyes, thinking he'd be wise and leave her alone. But his disrespect is coming into effect. The hot anger boiling inside her gives her strength to push him aside and get up. Luckily, her friends hear her distress, got her back, made sure she's okay. Relieved tears ran down her face, thinking about what could have been and all the women who've had to endure much worse. Still, she can't say she hates him. The tragedy is this fucked up society breeds him, just like it conditions girls to feel somewhat at fault, though it still doesn't excuse his actions. So he must deal with her reactions. Please. That's what's up. So thank y'all for for hanging through with us and as we unpacked a little bit you know we literally just scratched the surface but thank you for um hanging with us as we unpack some of this issue and um on the website um this um the post that's um connected to this particular episode we're going to have listed some uh resources that people can utilize in terms of um, dealing with sexual abuse, rape, molestation, things of that nature. So once again, the website is thishoodhealth.com. And, um, you know, thank you for coming and hanging out with us. And, you know, hood health from coast to coast. That's what we're doing. All right. Peace. Peace.